You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. So it's communion today, and so I'm going to finish the spirit life, and then next week we begin with divine timing. Oh, praise the Lord. I was able to scratch the surface with regards to that on Thursday, for most of you who were not here, um, you're the only person who knows where you are. Yeah, um, but I think that we all have been able to settle it regarding the spirit life that the Holy Spirit indwells in the believer. Is that correct? And so Christ leads us from where? From where? From where? From within. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Okay. And so, last week, we learned about Mary and Martha. Is that right? Okay, and Jesus said that Mary had found the one thing that nobody can take away from her. So, Martha was serving, but Martha was not in tune with the one she was serving. Mary was sitting to learn. Mary has subjected herself, humbled herself, to the authority of Christ and to honor Christ and she was sitting to learn. To learn. If you're a student, you learn. Praise God. Anybody that wants to be led by the Holy Spirit must be able to first sit under his feet and do what? Learn. Is that correct? Anybody who is in marriage, if you're going to marry a man or you get into marriage, what do you do? You have to learn the ways of your husband. Is that right? Or in the same way, when you marry Christ, what you do first for him to be able to lead you and lead you well is to be able to understand his ways, to learn from him. Praise God. Do you know that with your salvation, you are married to Christ? Do you know that Christ is your husband? Do you know that? Okay, so you learn of the ways of your husband so that you can submit well. Is that correct? So the first thing to do is to submit yourself to sit and learn. And learn. And I'm going to open up certain things as we bring this to a closure. All right? So we get to understand. And I'm sure right now you know that he does not lead you to where you want to go. And I think that is the most difficult part for most of us because of what we have heard taught for several years. Is that correct? Okay, because you've been told that you come and he leads you where you are going. And you say that he said if I pray, he will give me the desires of my what? Your heart. But check what comes before that. 
He says, delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires what? So if you delight in someone, their desires now become your desire. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So when you delight in him, and he becomes your delight, his desires now become your desire. So when you are saying that he should give you the desires of your heart, it aligns with the desires of his heart. Okay. So take me to the inner inward witness. So every believer because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have what we call the inward witness. The inward word. Please, everybody say the inward word. Everybody say the inward witness. The inward witness. Alright, so sometimes they say, I, something from within is telling me. Something is telling he's the one <laughs> speaking to you. It's not something. He is the Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the Father in you, speaking to Is that correct? Okay. So the inward witness is also called the impressions of Christ because the Holy Spirit speaks for Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of what? Christ. Is that correct? No, is that clear? Uh -huh. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. So the impressions of Christ, he will tell you the things that Christ wants to lead you to. The things that Christ wants you to do. So, look at how I define the inward witness. The inward witness, everybody go, is what? The wit oh, read with me, go. The witness of what? The human spirit born again. So the inward witness is the witness of the human spirit born again. Or continue. The life of God in the believer. And what does he do? Go. Which witnesses to, endorses, refuses, or cautions against a fact exposed to it. So the inward witness, the impressions of Christ, the Holy Spirit that has come to dwell in you will caution you, endorse, refuse certain things that come to you. Hello? Mm -hmm. 
Should I go by it again? I should. Okay. So, the Holy Spirit in you will endorse a fact presented to you. If it is in the will of Christ. Or refuse if it is not. Or caution you if it is bringing you danger. Hello. If it is not taking to you to where Christ wants you to go, the moment that fact is presented, the inward witness will speak to you, no. Hold on. Stop. Hello. Or he will tell you, do this instead. Do that instead. Sometimes he will just tell you, take your time. Hold it. Everything that he does is a witness. Is bearing witness to what Christ wants you to do at that moment. Hello? Oh, praise God. Now, that's why you want to be sure that you are not led by anything around you. If he is endorsing and everything around you is refusing, listen to him. Did you hear me? If he is saying yes, go ahead within you. And everything around you is saying don't. Listen to him. In the same vein. If he says no. And everything around you is saying yes. Listen to him. Oh hello. Jesus. Give me the next. Everybody, this word, say cemetery. Oh, say it like you mean it. Cemetery. It means what? It means what? He that is joined with Christ is what? One with him. So you are now one with Christ. Oh, praise God. How did you become one with Christ? By his spirit in you. Ah. Let me show you a scripture. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Let's already go. God is what? Faithful by whom you were caught into the 
The word fellowship there is the word sematerial. Fellowship joined what? Witness. So you see, when you are sharing the benediction, You know the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the cemetery of the Holy Spirit, the joint witness, that's why we share, we share the benediction. It's not just sharing it. What you are actually, is the life we live. You see, what you are telling the believer as they are living church is that the joint witness is in you. And he will be actually telling you what to do, what not to do. Where to go, where not to go. He's in fellowship with you to witness what Christ wants you to do. So he's the one you are living with. Ah, praise God. Is that clear? I like the way you're very quiet today. Yes, I love it. Because I, I know it's going deep. It's cutting through. Although you, you may not like it. Yeah. But listen to me very carefully. If you get to understand this, your Christian life can never be the same. I'm telling you. And your life on earth will please the Father any day, any time. And your errors will be very little. I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. This is the life we have been called to live. And if we will listen to this joint witness, what it means is that if he has pleasure, he wants you to have pleasure. You see, he has already proven to you beyond every reasonable doubt how much he loves you. Is that true? So he will never lead you to anything that will destroy you. And that is actually what the enemy sometimes makes us feel, like he told Adam and Eve. Has God told you not to eat of all of these? So he will present it to you as if God wants you not to have good life. And God wants to restrict you from enjoying. Oh, hey. Am I speaking to somebody? So you see, when you hear the word like this, it's like, hey, you're trying to deny me from something. No. It is rather bringing you into his pleasure. Into a life of joy and peace. Into a life of eternal bliss. Right from here, you live heaven on earth. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Let's go ahead. God works by the Holy Spirit. 
Where the Spirit of God is, that is where God So if the Spirit of God is in you, where is God? God is in you. And that is why the surest place to hear him is in your heart. The surest place. The surest place. The surest place is in your heart. Romans chapter 8, 14 to 17. Romans 8, 14 to 17. Let's all read. Go. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? The sons of God. Praise God. And so we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves. But we should behave like God's very own children. Adopted into the bosom of his family. Calling to him. Father. Oh praise God. Do you know that when your children are calling you. They don't call you in anguish. They call you in pride. Oh right. Because they know your intentions about them are wonderful. And so when they are calling you, they are calling you because they know that you will definitely come to their aid. Oh, is that right? Oh, is that correct? So you see, when we are calling on him, we don't call like slaves who are fearful, cringing with fear, as if he's going to destroy us. No, we call him our father because we know this is our proud father who has our best interest at heart. And he wants to give us stuff that in the end will not destroy us. When my children ask me certain things and I deny them, sometimes they may think that I am denying them because they don't want, I don't want them to have pleasure. But do you know that there are so many things your parents denied you? That you have grown to come love them more. Oh, are you here with me? Is that true? But when you were young, you didn't understand it. You were memoring. So most believers are like that. Most are their children. And God wants to deny me. And God doesn't like me. I've heard a lot of people say, as for me, God deserts me. And they say a lot of things. Yes, because you are still that infant baby. But very soon as you mature in the Lord, you will know that he endorses for you the best. And he refuses out of your life the worst. Continue with me. Look at the 15. Go. A 16, 17. Go. For his word. Holy Spirit does what? Speaks to us what? Where does he speak to us? Deep in our... There is no other place he communicates but in our hearts, in our spirit. He is speaking to you right now as I'm talking to you. He is speaking to you. In your heart. And tells us the, that we really are what? God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures. 
please. We will share your treasures. Because sometimes what you call treasure, they are dust. So listen, we will not share your treasure with Christ, but we rather share his treasure because his treasure is true worth. Can I submit to you that he always wants to give you the best? Oh, praise God. Listen to me, listen. If you are following somebody and you think you are wiser than the person, then excuse my language. You are very foolish. How do you come to follow somebody that you think you are wiser than. Then you should be leading for them to follow. If you are a follower of Christ, know that Christ is wiser. And he's leading you to take you where is the best for you. It's amazing how um, the mundanes of life has taken. Today, the Holy Spirit, when I was praying, he mentioned the word, he mentioned the word mundane. He just mentioned it, and that's sometimes the way he deals with me. So I just went to find out the word mundane. And he says, things that are of earthly value not of heavenly or spiritual value. The mundanes, he says, the mundanes of life has taken over. The mundanes of life have taken over. Has taken over. Listen, I wrote something. Bring it to the board. Listen to me very carefully. If he's leading you next, Let's all read it. Go. No amount of activity can displace obedience. That's the difference between matter and merit. No amount of activity can displace obedience. You can be serving and yet in disobedience because he has not led you there. When Christ was about to die, what did Christ say? He said, not my will, but your will. When it was time, he said, this is the time, the hour has come. If Christ had died earlier, he would have just done an activity in disobedience. Hey, are you here? No amount of activity can displace obedience. 
No amount. Listen. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, then you also have decided to live in obedience with what he's leading you to. Because there's no way somebody can lead you without you obeying their instructions. It leads to futility. Oh, hello? Oh, is that right? Yes. Futility. And listen to me very carefully. He will never ask of you what he has not already given you. That's why even when Paul could not get it and he couldn't understand it, he told him, my grace is sufficient because I've already given you what it takes. Before he will lead you to something, he has already empowered you. Grace always goes ahead his leadership. Grace always goes ahead. Grace goes ahead. Grace goes ahead. Grace goes ahead. So it means, everybody read this, go. I don't plan to pray and then pray. I pray before I plan. Are my people here? No, no, no. Are my people here? <laughs> Maybe that's a good one. Truly, we may have to go and come back. Eh? Because this is what we mostly do. But if the person is the one leading, don't you want to seek their leadership before you? You plan? How do you then plan? And then you ask him in prayer to submit to your plan. So who is leading? And who is following? Hello? Please tell the next person, I don't plan, then pray. Tell them, tell them like you mean it. What do I do? Clap for Jesus. Now, and clap for yourself. So please tell yourself from today, I will never plan to pray. I will rather pray. And after praying, what he leads me to will become my plan.
listen. You will see this church in one year, in two years, and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. And for a lot of young people here, you'll be amazed at the impact God is going to use you to make in your generation and beyond. The impact. And I'm talking about true impact. Next, there is nothing in God that makes a man impulsive or rushing. Hello? Listen to me. Listen. When you are a woman, do you know that the marriage relationship, the marriage between a man and a woman, is not the original? Do you know that? Okay, only a few of you know. Do, do you know that? You don't know. Okay, now, the marriage relationship is only an illustration of Christ's relationship with his church. Where Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. Okay? So the marriage relationship is only a copy to show us a replica to show us how Christ loves you. And will not do anything at all to divorce you. So you see, wherever you see, I hate divorce. In the Old Testament, through and through and through. Anytime you see that statement, it is God talking to Israel about his relationship with them. That he will never divorce them. Okay, and if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it tells you that even when you marry an unbelieving husband, and your husband doesn't stop you, the wife, from worshiping the Christian way, don't divorce him. Stay with him. Yes. Stay with, stay with him. Because the reason for matrimony is to exemplify the relationship between Christ and the church. So if it is not affecting your faith, it's okay. 
if the man will allow you to worship, then that's fine. In Malachi, remember, he said that I need godly offspring. Because the marriage is supposed to bring godly people, children who will follow the way of Christ. You see what he told Abraham in Genesis? That I know Abraham, he will teach his children after me. If you read Ephesians chapter 5, he says it clear. He said, husband, loves your wives. Love your wives. Wives, submit to your husband. And he tells them how they should submit. Submit as, as unto the Lord. And the husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And even when he had finished all of that and came to the verse 32, he said, all these things I'm saying, they are very hard things. But I'm not speaking to you about marriage. I am speaking to about Christ and his glorious church. So you see, when we came into salvation, we married Christ. So we submit like wives do to Christ. We don't live by ourselves anymore. So there's no way you marry and decide you want to live like the way you want to. Hey. This one is getting... Are you here with me? So, if you're a wife, before you choose a husband, be sure he can die for you. Because when I received Christ, I received Christ because I know he died for me. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but it's deep. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <sighs> oh, praise God. Because the one we are copying as a matter of fact, loves us no matter what. Are you getting the point? He loves us no matter what. The only thing is that I will not be able to get so much out of him no matter his rich love for me. All the benefits, the inheritance, that my husband has. I would deny myself of it because I don't follow well. But as for divorcing me, he will not. 
Now, are you getting the scenario? He will never, he will not divorce me, no. But he actually is leading me as a good husband into a glorious life as a wife. So that I can experience all the beautiful, wonderful things he has for me. So there is nothing like impulsiveness because he's all sufficient. He doesn't rush. Anything that rushes is not of God. When the fullness of time, that's, that's why from this we are talking about divine timing. Because them that rush will always miss God. You always miss God. Because he has scheduled everything in timing. And if you can follow his leadership, step by step and obey, he will take you into a glorious life. Am I teaching you? Give me the next. So the first, he often leads us to sit and listen. That's the first. That's the first. That's, that's firstly what he does. So that you can know him, understand him. Praise God. Because when you don't listen to him, you don't listen and learn, you will miss him. That's why you must study the word. So that you can know your husband very well. Hey. He will lead you to listen and learn. Praise God. He will lead you. He will always, the Holy Spirit will always be telling you, study. Study your word. Study. He leads you. He tells you. Today, have you read the Bible? Then you, you are saying, Holy Spirit, lead me to go and get the job. See, because your mind is on the job. Meanwhile, he's leading you to steady him. So you can know him and take all from him. Consistently, he leads us. He leads us. Look at what it is. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Let's all read it. Go. For whatever things were written before were written for what? Our what? Our what? That we through the patience and, and comfort of what? Scriptures, the Old Testament might have hope. That this God from Genesis promised us his hand. And he has fulfilled it 
So whatever he has promised, he is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. Look at the next scripture. Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Go. And even though Jesus was God's son, he had to learn from experience what it was like to obey when obeying meant even when obeying meant suffering because he knew the one he was dealing with he still suffered it so now he has a name above every name that at the mention of that name every knee bows in the same way when you allow him to lead you. Very soon when they mention your name. It shall be a name glorified. It shall be a name magnified. Are you here with me? So sometimes... The Holy Spirit will lead you into suffering. Mm. Sometimes. Okay, let's continue. I have to finish this by all means. So what does he mean? Go. So we should live a life of what? Spirit-led what? Activity. So our lives should be the lives of spirit-led activities, not just activities, but we must be spirit-led. So we don't just do things because we are married. The day we received Christ, we are married to Christ. So we follow Christ's leadership like the wife follows the husband's leadership. Like the way the wife does not do things just for themselves anymore. In the same way, we don't do things for ourselves anymore. When our husband Christ leads us, we follow. Oh, praise God. Hey, are you here? Hmm. Next. Look at this scripture. I'm giving you an example of his leadership. John baptized Jesus. And the father endorsed Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well. Right after that, this is the verse that follows. Read it, go. Then Jesus was what? Was what? Was what? Oh, so Jesus was led. So Jesus never did anything by himself. Right from when the father endorsed him, he was now walking under the leadership of the father. And look at where the father led him. Where did the father? Look, okay, go. He was led by what? the spirit into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted by the devil. 
Hey, are you here? Are you here or not? You are here? Yes. To be tempted by the devil. Listen, this journey we have is a beautiful journey, but the point is that until you know that you are married to him, you want to live by yourself. And that is the problem that has been created for us in charismatism. That's the problem. You see, it's the reason why we don't have a committed church is because of these doctrines. Gather. Plunder. That is the problem. Listen to me very carefully. I will save some of these things. Give me the next 10 minutes to deal with this because I have to finish it. Is that okay? It's okay with you? Thank you. Next. So he leads us to do what? He leads us to do what? So you see, one of the places he leads us, listen, one of the, after, listen, when you listen and learn from him, you will see that he himself, what he did is that he gave himself. So you see, if the spirit of Christ leads you, the spirit of Christ will lead you to give yourself. He will lead you to give yourself to him. He will lead you to give everything to him. Somebody posted something on Facebook and said, these days, people honor their families more than they honor God. Come and see. Come and see the bashing. And I was not shocked. Because that is what we have been taught. When Jesus told you that whoever follows me must hate their father, their mother, their brother, their sister. The word hate there is not the word mean, meaning that it should be, should be your enemy. No. The word hate there actually is the word to love less. It's, it's the word prefer. In other words, you prefer him more than them. So, you never heard of Apostle Paul. Their immediate family written in the Bible. Ah, Peter said, we have left all. Listen, I asked myself, all of us, where 
and where did we come from and what did we hear? So, so now you understand why a white man will come. Leave their family. Suffer malaria. And die because of the gospel. And I'm sure you'd have called him a foolish man. The reason why your commitment is the way it is, is because of your understanding. We don't know. We don't know. He will lead us to give. Why? His leading reproduces himself. Is that right? When he leads you, he leads you to reproduce himself. What did he do? The Bible says, for God so loved the, that he gave his only begotten son. So anybody that Jesus leads will give themselves. So the character of God's leading is the character of Christ. Next. The leading of the spirit leads us away from selfishness into selflessness. You would always think about him. John said something. He said, I go and he comes up. Less of me. More of him. May that be our prayer. Praise God. You wonder why they were giving. The apostles were giving everything. Some of you don't know. Do you know that Apostle Paul was married? Do you know that Apostle Paul was a Pharisee? And if you are not married, you can never be a Pharisee. But because of the gospel, he lost his family. I told you that John Wesley got divorced. People lost their lives. Yesterday, I was reading about Apostle Paul's ending when he went to prison. The guy himself said that the Holy Spirit told me that I'll be bound. But I don't love my life. I love the gospel. He said, I'm going to prison. And when he went into prison, it confirmed that truly the Holy Spirit will not surprise you with the persecution. He told him. So that he will know. But in the midst of it. I am still with you. In the prison. The Roman emperor. Got to hear the gospel. Felix. Got to hear the gospel. All of them. Tertullian. Got to hear the gospel. All the big wigs. Within his time, 
got to hear the gospel because of his imprisonment. So everybody would think the Holy Spirit was leading him into destruction. But he was leading him for him to be heard. The Holy Spirit does not lead you for you, Josh Lyre, to be heard. He leads you for him, Jesus, to be heard. He doesn't lead you just to become the seal so you become the big man and then you forget. No, he leads you to become the seal but then you becoming the seal he will be heard. I now understand why David said, Lord, don't bless me too much so that I will forget you. I now understand. I now understand because David's mind was not on the things. That the things should not lead him to forget him. The things should rather make him love him more. That if the things would destroy and separate his relationship with God, then I don't want them. Look at the next. There's a leading of the world and the leading of Christ. The leading of the world will lead you to selfishness. Gather for yourself. Every time you're on the run. Oh, let's do the work of the other. Oh, child, I have to go to do business. And then you give the excuse. Don't you know that even doing the business, I can win souls? You know that. You use that for excuse, you know, you know, you know. Oh yeah, I'll use the visa. You know, you know, I'll use the you know that. Uh. Oh pastor, what can win here? What can win you are? Salvation changes the course of the leading. Why? Because there's a marriage relationship. Our married to Christ. So now, the world doesn't lead us anymore. Our husband, Christ, leads us. Praise the Lord. Next, next. One of the major characteristics of Christ is leading us to give my, everybody say myself. Say myself. Did I teach you about um, um, Mordecai and Esther? You remember? Yes. Yes. Everything self is taken out when the Holy Spirit comes in. It's no more us. It's all him. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at the next. Jesus turned on Peter and said, get away from me, you Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are thinking merely from a human point of view and not from God's. What happened? It was because Jesus told him he was going to die. When Jesus was being led to go and die for mankind to be saved, Peter said, you can't die. All the investment I've made. <laughs> you are going to die where? <laughs> you are not going anywhere. But Jesus rebuked Satan because he saw Satan's leadership 
in what Peter said. And what did Jesus say? Go. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who keeps his life for himself shall lose it. And anyone who loses his life for me, for me, for me, that's the word, for me. So you can lose your life, but if you don't lose it for him, It is still your life. And it doesn't come with any gain. So if broken heart is killing you, it is not for him. <laughs> it's not for him, oh. If you allow a man or a woman to kill you, voila, <laughs> voila. Hmm. As I'm speaking, some of you, you are crying and weeping. Oh, God. Why did he go? Why did he go? Why did he go? You have cooked everything. You. <laughs> Chicken strad enough. <laughs> his life for me shall find it again may we lose our life for him praise Jesus oh I can finish I can I don't want to rush it to so I may have to continue next week Yes. All right. Bless you. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.